Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hooting, back with only Christian Conway. One if by land, two if by win. Three points is good enough for me. Yeah, and you know, they were talking on the broadcast about how much uh, Daniel Aguirre was going to have to step up for Mark Delgado, and boy, did he, and super fast. Um, You know, it was one of the quickest, I think the Galaxy uh went right into it and i and i was really glad to see uh Aguirre be able to step it up and get an assist uh from chicharito um i mean obviously i think the galaxy were always going to concede a goal um but winning is winning and we really needed that win to be able to stay in the the playoff run yeah, I mean, last week we talked about this road trip and 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 where it sat in the milieu of everything we've had to deal with so far uh, this season. And and I hypothesized, I know, I think Jamie as well hypothesized, four points would have been a really good get. I thought this was the game that, you know, they needed to get the three points out of. They did it. Uh, and again, we, we talk about, you know, kind of best practice in terms of formation for this team, right? There's been so much conversation about well, is the four-two-three-one the best option? Is it the three-five-two? Is it all these other things? And you know, in that first half, I mean, they lined up in the three-five-two, and they just punched the revs in the mouth consistently on the counterattack. I mean, the possession numbers are not pretty. Thirty-seven point seven percent percent possession, but every single time that the ball shifted over and they actually were able to run downhill at the revs, I mean, the revs looked at sixes and sevens. I mean, we talked about uh, who was it, Kessler, that probably should have been sent off. Um, I mean, the revs just every single time the ball crossed the midfield line where the Galaxy were coming down the counterattack, they really didn't have an answer for what the Galaxy were trying to do. Now, I will say the Galaxy got lucky, uh, and that's something we may have not really had a lot of this year. And again, you're going to have games where you, where you need to get lucky, and you can definitely poke holes in a lot of this. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, seven, 75.8%. Passing accuracy is not something you want to see if you want to be a little bit more successful using the ball. But they figured out moments and they didn't, they bent, but they didn't break. And I think that's a really interesting data point here because there have been so many games this season. And, and we we talked about it in our group chat a little bit. They have there have been so many moments in the season where the galaxy have just broken to the point where, you know, they're 2-0 up, they allow the game to get away from them, and then all of a sudden it's I don't know, 5-2, and we're talking about another missed opportunity. But this was the first time in a very long time where the Galaxy, it, it, it did feel like they were out of control, but they were going to get through it. And I think that's a really big deal, especially on the road uh, in, in a tough place to play. I mean, New England, even if attendance is, has flagged, it's a Bruce Arena coach team. He's still Bruce Arena, rather, you know, yeah, his he, notepad was full. I mean, it, it, I was going to say it, it looks like an episode of or a, 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 a copy of the notebook, uh, the movie. Um, but they they got through that moment. And I think that's a really big data point for this season, which is this was a game that they go 2-0 up. They're on the road. They've been mentally fragile. I think we can all agree on that. But they figured out how to get it done. And I think that's a really big kind of data point here that I think you know, I, I look at that Toronto game. I don't have a lot of expectation for that game. I mean, you look at the way that Bernadeschi and, and Insigne have taken to the league like fish to water. But they got the job done in a really tough environment. And I am I think this could be a turning point here. 
Yeah, it really is a tough environment. And, you know, to New England's credit, they've had quite a few changes, uh, you know, Sebastian Legit, and I'm going to uh, FC Dallas. And um, I know that they're struggling also to make the playoffs, um, you know, but I mean, this was definitely the Galaxy's game, though, which I was really proud to see. Um, I think it's what all the fans needed, especially playing away. That's that's not an easy game plus a traveling and, and everything but when actually when you said the galaxy were lucky i actually thought you meant that ref not calling a handball off of gasper i mean to be fair like jamie and i were saying it we didn't think it was a handball it bounced off his thigh um you know but but easily that could have gone the other way and this would be a 2-2 match and the galaxy often often you know after taking a lead, right, you start to get a little bit PTSD, like, are they going to drop this? Um, Chicharito is obviously in form. Ricky Pouge proves why they brought him to this team. I mean, there are times when I feel like that kid is so fast and you could just tell what level he came from. And MLS is different and our team doesn't quite move that way. And, you know, all the props to Pouge, but then I start to worry a little bit about, you know, like the other players not stepping up to his level. And if the galaxy want to make uh, a real playoff run, um, I mean, a late goal in the 82nd minute, you know, um, Gill's left footed shot, you know, curled top right corner of the goal. There's nothing that Bond could have done about that. I know that he was the big savior of the night a few times. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the usual stuff. Um, what was, what was great, you know, the usual problems that the galaxy have right in their formula. Um, but like you were saying, this is a, this was a chance um, for to see who was going to step up and to see, um, yeah, who, who we could put in that formation. Um, you know, I even think they, they, they didn't just call it like a, a five, three, two or something. They were calling it like the four, three, one like they were giving it like so many different terms or what I was listening to um on the broadcast and I was like there were like three different formations that it could have been you know and um I, I, I think, yeah go for it I well uh, first off I, I think that's what Vanny really wants is and I remember we recorded an episode uh that I was I was in New York for it was an MLS Cup preview it might have been 2018 where we talked about how Greg Vanny really likes variability in his formations in terms of giving you four or five different looks in the span of 90 minutes. And that's how he kind of on, uh, yeah, that's how he tears up defenses is by basically turning his team into this, you know, like I, this is going to be a weird metaphor, but like the Pokemon ditto where it's like, it constantly always shifts in order to look like something different than it actually is. And so there was that confusion in, in the booth in terms of commenting on it, but that's exactly what Vanny wants. Um, I thought the midfield looked a little crowded. Uh, Brugman and, and Pooch were kind of getting on each other's toes a little bit. I'm just going to chalk that down to not a lot of reps between the two of them together. I think once they get that balance down, that's really going to help. Uh, they were a little compressed centrally, I thought, at times. And that's going to be something that we need to watch in terms of getting them a little bit wider. But again, they handled the moment. And, you know, yeah, they, they conceded to go to Carlos Hill, but I mean, Carlos Hill has won an MVP in the past three years. I mean, he is a very good player. Like, you can't let him take a shot like that from that range and expect it to go well. Now, could Gasper been a little bit better about shutting him down? I thought so. That's, you know, you're going to concede those chances. And again, the expected goal numbers for 
this game really don't like the Galaxy. I think that's a little unfair to the Galaxy in terms of the counterattack. But the fact of the matter is the Galaxy just kept that defense for the Revs busy. And I think that's what they've really kind of struggled to do. And they, with Cabral being as high up as he was, Aguirre doesn't normally make that run, but Chicharito understands he can drop inside. He pulls Kessler and another defensive midfielder, either I think it was Polster, to him and immediately finds that pass. And it's like, then you have two runners in with a center back having to make a decision. Like that is counterattacking football at its finest. Now, I don't think Vanny's the biggest fan of that. I think Vanny likes possession. We've seen a lot of games where, you know, the Galaxy need to have 60, 65% possession and then they feel comfortable. But I've argued this entire season, and you can go back through multiple episodes of this podcast where I said, for the Galaxy, possession doesn't really matter. As long as they can just get on the counterattack fast, they've got Cabral, they've got Chicharito, now they've got Pooch who can kind of quarterback that sequence of events. They can get away with a lot here. I mean, Julian Araujo is so fast off that off that wing back position. They really use that to affect. Jamie, uh, unfortunately, who cannot join us today, made a very good point about being able to hang on. And the Galaxy, again, stop me if you've heard this before, did not show up for the second half. I mean, they were in trouble in that second half. But they figured out a way to get out of this game. And I think that's the most important thing. They've, they've not done that recently. And I think that's going to be the the calling card of the rest of the season is, okay, how do we get ourselves out of games knowing this concept that maybe we struggle either in possession or getting ourselves out of games? How do we position ourselves into moments of success where we can then just see this thing out? And I think that's going to be the big question moving forward. You know, when you were... Uh, saying if you go back and listen many times, listen, kudos to you if you do, and a free issue on me of uh, issue three of Elias Our House magazine if you do. Uh, quotes and citations must be given. Okay, so Gaspar... Are we, are, are we doing MLA format stuff? I mean... I mean, I I wasn't taught APA, but I mean, you know, I'm an APA I'll, I'll guy. accept it. I'm an APA guy myself. It's a lot easier. <laughs> I mean, I'm an English teacher. It'll, it'll work. But Christian, you already have like five issues You're trying to get another one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, Gasper. So the thing is, right, when you don't have Edwards in that back line, it seems that he's the go-to guy for whatever reason. Um, you know, I don't love to see him start. Um that's just, but you know when it comes to depth on this team it seems like well this is this is what we can kind of see coming in right um i think that that aguirre was the big factor here because mark delgado has been uh such a key player and i know that the, the galaxy have definitely struggled without him and so um just to be able to see that that position I mean, there were big shoes to fill, like regardless, but, you know, moving forward, looking at Toronto and then at home, sporting Kansas City. I mean, I've even seen people saying on Twitter, like, oh, I'm not worried about Toronto. Right. Um, but those are always the games that the Galaxy tend to to drop, unfortunately. So, I mean, again, traveling away. Um, I mean, I want I believe that the galaxy can win and i'm not just saying that because i'm a fan but when you look at at the way that that they can play right like you're saying like as long as they're you know a 90 minute team or even a second half team at least so that way they can because it's hard 
to play coming from behind, I think. And then obviously losing the lead is never good. Um, but, you know, they always seem to to either give up a late goal like they did against New England in the 82nd minute, or they end up giving up goals where it's where it's late, but also they, they, they try to get in <laughs> the net a little too late. And you're just like, where was this gusto? Where was this, you know, um, earlier in the match? And it's strange because, you know, you have veteran guys that are being subbed on, you have, um, you have guys that clearly are, um, like they, and I'm starting to lose my train of thought. I apologize. Um, you know, but they look gassed a lot of the yeah. times, right? And they and they just they just shouldn't. And so when you're looking at the sub choices, when you're looking at depth options, um, like you're saying, like this is where it comes into play that this is Vanny who who makes these decisions, you know, and we haven't mentioned Cabral yet this game. So I think that that um, you know, that's that can work as long as like but he he really wins those one on ones, you know? I think a lot of the story of this game, at least in the midfield, is the fact that they basically threw in two new midfielders and were like, all right, figure out the balance. And it, and of course, I think if Delgado plays this game, which, you know, obviously he's dealing with what they're terming to be a jaw issue. So I think my, my, my man's just had a root canal and somebody's had two of them. They're not pleasant experiences. Um, you know, uh, they, they definitely were stepping on their toes a little bit if that makes sense, like it felt like a little too compact. Everyone was kind of trying to do the same job. I, that's going to fix itself over the next couple of, of games. I, I just think Pooch is going to feel a little bit more comfortable Then Brugman then starts to understand his role is necessarily shielding the back line as kind of a traditional number four, six kind of position. You know, you have Pooch as, as the number 10 and then you have Delgado as the number eight. That's kind of how this, this, this triangle is going to work. Um, And, and again, Igide, I thought, played fantastically well. That was definitely a a by thread of our, our group chat was how good a Gide was. And he he did look like he belonged in that midfield. Um in terms of Gasper, you know, honestly, I he's 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 good enough. And that's sometimes when your best players are either injured and we've we've talked on this podcast and Vanny has alluded to it and everyone's alluded to it that there's something muscularly wrong right now with Raheem Edwards. I think it's probably something that he's been trying to hide and he just doesn't want to, you know, admit the fact that he's dealing with a problem. Players do that all the time. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Um, but I, I just think he's good enough. And then you look at at that that midfield spread. I mean, you know, Sega Koulibaly going down and, and what was it, the the 70th minute or something like that. Um, that's gonna be a bit of a concern, but I think Zavaleta can fill in in that in that role. Uh, in in the anchor leg of that three back line because you do need your two outside uh, in the three to be a little bit more mobile and I think between you know the three of them that were were picked Depew Sega and 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 Derek Williams I mean Depew and Williams are a little bit more mobile than than Sega Kulavali uh, I I will also say Jonathan Bond was fantastic on the evening uh, as he has actually you know it's funny because I I, I dogged him a little bit. Uh, earlier in the season, but he's really stepped up his game in terms of just well, earlier in the season. I dogged him like a game ago when I was like, Oh, blame his new girlfriend. Why is he like choking against Seattle? Well, I mean, Seattle also passed us to death in that final third. I will say, I think what's what they did incredibly well. And I was about to say the San Diego wave because they've aren't, they're on my mind right now. Uh, what, what the galaxy did so well is over the past couple of games, they've gotten themselves into those kill States. If 
as I've kind of lovingly called them, where you know they're moving the ball incredibly well in the final third. But again, we were talking a lot about how they get these great opportunities, they don't finish. They started, they're starting to finish those chances. Have they been a little profligate in front of goals still? Yes. But those kill states now with Pooch, you know, running, you know, kind of pulling the puppet strings, Chicharito kind of feeling it a little bit more. You've got Dayan off the bench and he's looking at a World Cup slot, you know, come this this winter and, and he's not been quiet about it. They're starting to convert those kill switch moments just a little more. And I think that's a really important thing, which is we talked a lot in the early part of the season about how the Galaxy are really good about getting themselves into these great positions, but they just don't finish. Well, now they've realized that maybe Cabral, if, if Cabral's confidence is shot, which we, we understand it to be, I mean, the body language reflects it, everything reflects it. He's still useful in the sense that he becomes a lightning rod, right? Like he's still useful in the sense that he pulls defenses apart. We saw it, you know, multiple times on the counterattacks. I mean, Pooch's pass, you see the center backs start to split because they think that Cabral is going to get goal side dangerous. And then all of a sudden they start kind of going that way. And then, you know, uh, Chicharito is completely unmarked. And then he's just, that's the easiest of finishes, right? The, the first goal for Aguirre, you know, everyone's marking Cabral because they don't think a defensive midfielder is going to make that run. And all of a sudden, you know, Chicharito cuts into space and then just, you know, makes that perfect pass. I think that's kind of where we're going to see Cabral being utilized a lot more. And the player position map is rather dire for Cabral. He's out on an island. Not his fault. The New England Revolution under Bruce Arena. It's Bruce Arena. They're going to be defensively solid. They're not going to make a ton of mistakes in the back. And so therefore, you get you know center forwards left on an island against Bruce Arena. And that's that's that. And and we and we lived through that for you know however many years and it was really successful. I think. They're now with Pooch, they have a little bit of an opportunity to be a little bit more expansive. And I think we saw moments of that in that first half where, you know, it would be Pooch dropping a little bit deeper. And then all of a sudden Brugman kind of sits in front of that center back pairing. And then you have that defensive solidity while also allowing Pooch to kind of be this facilitating. I don't want to say he was, he, I don't want to say he was a deep line 10 because I know Barcelona doesn't really pedal in that kind of position, but it almost feels like he was this deep line facilitating eight. And when we plug in Mark Delgado, who covers so much ground, and I mean, that's that's what they were missing against New England. I think if, if Delgado's in this game, it's a little bit more controlled because he can cover the ground that, you know, Aguirre at his position right now in his career, I mean, obviously he can grow into that. He's not there yet. Didn't necessarily do as well. If I thought they were a little flat through that kind of concepting. It all kind of makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Like, it all kind of starts to sing a little bit. And then it's a bummer it's taken until, you know, the last weekend of August for us to get there, but at least we got there. And I think if they can just get, you know, Delgado back from whatever, you know, jaw issue is, is bothering him. Um, and as someone, again, who I think it might've been a root canal as someone who's dealt with those, I wish him nothing but the fastest recovery because they are miserable. Um, if they can just get that, that little bit of balance in that center of midfield, I think the three, five, two makes a ton of sense, right? Because, you have every position in that midfield completely filled, right? You have your facilitator, which would be, you know, either Pooch or Delgado. You have your defender, which would be Brugman. And then you have your most four-lying person, which I'm assuming is going to be Pooch. And then that pulls Delgado into the facilitator role. And then all of a sudden, you've got two wingbacks in Julian Araujo. And when he's healthy, Raheem Edwards, but Gasper's done a pretty good job of, of, of imitating him. 
of just those guys that can get up on the wing. And then all of a sudden, now Chicharito's got a foil to work off of in terms of Cabral, where in the previous, I guess, system, he, Cabral had to tuck a little bit lower into the midfield. Well, now you can also completely change that at any given minute. And what's Vaney really good at? He's really good at completely tactically changing his team in terms of formation to completely keep you on your toes if you're opposition, right? So now you can kind of turn this into 4-2-3-1 pretty easily, right? You can turn this into a 4-4-2 really easily. Like it 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 basically is the ultimate Tetris block of a formation. And I just think there's a lot here that we saw against the Revs that I really like. Do I think it's going to happen against Toronto considering the charge they're making? That's an ambiguous question that we'll we'll delve into here in a bit. But I think Pooch is the key that we needed to unlock the door of like, okay, this is Vanny Ball and Vanny knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I think that that's really fair to say um, about Pooch. But um, what I was also thinking is, you know, there's the argument of like, why isn't Dejan starting? And I I think that we pretty much covered that, you know, but I see the same complaint (laughs) every time uh, I open the, the starting lineup on Twitter. And to me, it's just that that spark off the bench. I mean, to come in on the 70th minute, and at that time, we still had the 2-0 lead. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you're like, okay, the Galaxy um, are kind of on the defense, too, at that point, right? Like, they're they're trying not to concede goals, but it also doesn't seem that they're ready to to keep attacking, per se, which is weird to say because Dijon is, is an attacking player. But... Um, but the thing is, you know, sometimes you really want to see your team get in the back of the net. And sometimes it's like, okay, let's just control uh, the pace of the game. And well, so, yeah. To your point about depth, I mean, look at the bench for this game. Victor Vasquez, Efren Alvarez, Sasha Kalashin, Kevin Leardam, Dogush Costa, Samuel Grancier, Zabaleta, and then Jovalich. I mean, they have incredible diversity off the bench in terms of shaping you know, this this amorphous blob that we're going to call three five two that is able <laughs> to change within an absolute second. And I think that's what Vanny's really been going for is this this sense of, all right, I need to have tactical versatility. I think he finally feels like he has it right now. Yeah, and Grand Sear has always been consistent and and always getting the shots. I mean, we're lucky that we didn't feel as as we usually do when Edwards is not in that back line because for sure, I mean, anyone can say like, if anytime I don't see Edwards in the back line, I'm, I'm concerned, right? Um, I'm also concerned for Edwards' health. I'm actually kind of glad to see nobody's really ragging on him, and then maybe it's just because he's not a DP. But, you know, it, he's it, we need him healthy as well, especially that's that's the kind of player that you want in in your playoffs. Um, you know, the other guys are, are reliable. I mean, Efrain, even Julian Araujo, like, luckily, they seem like they've been pretty solid lately. You know how sometimes they're a little bit worried about some of the decisions that they make. Um, but they've been pretty so- solid. And then you have Sasha Kleshton, who's a much-needed veteran. I mean, there was a point where Chicharito was laying on the floor, and nobody caught the cue to, like, you got to get the ball out of bounds so that way, you know, he can get checked on. And the ref just happened to miss that call that Chicharito got hit in the shin and stuff. So, you know, there's stuff like that, that, that you just need these more veteran players to, to help control. Um, um, I, th- I think, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, th- this is a good team. I mean, I, I want to say this about the galaxy and I know we, we've had some very emotional couple of weeks on this podcast in terms of data points being so wildly vacillating. And we've talked a lot about how 
we don't really know what the galaxy are in terms of data points that we can reliably then extrapolate a full season of data off of. I mean, we, we just haven't had that. I mean, you think about the fact that they go to Kansas City, they lose a game that they really should have won, the 3-3 draw against Seattle, and then they come out against a Revs team that, quite frankly, really needed three points on the night because they are in trouble. And the Galaxy go out there, boss the first half, and then come into the second half and just hold on. It's a wildly vacillating team. I mean, it's to steal a rocket metaphor. I mean, this is Apollo 13, you know, constantly being exposed to heat and, and cold while they can't get the, the thrusters right. I think they do have the makings of a team that is going to be very good, but they need to get games under control. And that second half, and I know Jamie came on here last week and said something along the lines of what I'm about to say, which is they have to be an 80-minute team. They weren't that, you know, on, on, on Sunday night. They got lucky that it didn't hurt them. And the fact that the Revs were incredibly profligate in front of goal. I mean, they were missing opportunity after opportunity. Jonathan Bond, fantastic as per usual. But they've if, if they can just nail it down a little bit, right? Like if they can just exude that little bit of calm over a game, then I look at a lot of this roster and I think to myself, yes, like why not? You know, uh, Pooch is a fantastic signing. You know, uh, Brugman has really impressed since he's come here. You know, Vasquez is, is seems to have this career resurgence that's going on right now. Sasha Kleshin, whenever he comes into games, exudes this level of control and elegance over games. I mean, Kelvin Leerdam, every single time he's come in, has been fantastic. Uh, Douglas Costa, I know it's been controversial, but he does provide something. They just need to figure out how to get that out of him. Grand Seer, as Michelle is about to buy every one of his jerseys, uh, has been fantastic this year. Uh, you know, Zavaleta has has proven that he can be successful. I mean, there it's it's here, right? You know, like it, it's all there. It's just we're missing like all the puzzle pieces are on the table right now, right? And now all we got to do is build the puzzle. The problem is that's happening in August 30th rather than necessarily, you know, March 1st. And that's where my concern lies, which is they've built this team and it's it's a good team. I I, I have no questions about that, but how does Vanny get the most in the shortest amount of time, which is what's going to have to happen. Now, I will say a lot of results in the West kind of went in our favor a little bit, and being above the line uh, is a very good thing. I mean, obviously, uh, 37 points, Portland on 36, uh, but we have two games in hand, so that is really helpful. I mean, if that's a proverbial six points, I was looking at the table earlier today, and I was thinking to myself, well, fourth place is not necessarily out of the question. I think... We talked about margin of error last week, right? We talked a lot about over the next seven games or however many games it is, what is the Galaxy's margin of error in terms of giving up points and losing and draws and, and all those different concepts, right? We talked a lot about that. And I said, I think they can drop one or two games. Everything will be fine. This was a game that I expected them to drop, and they didn't do that, which I think actually really makes that Toronto game almost pressureless, which I don't think I expected to say, because if you look at Toronto, I mean, they've been unstoppable over the past couple of weeks. They have, they have found their form. They are in a dire straight Columbus at 36 points uh, with 26 played. They're at 33 points with 28 played. So they have to basically come out tomorrow and just absolutely beat the hell out of the galaxy. Right. But I think this game now just loses all the tension because 
the margin of error now is, well, they can give up that game. And I mean, and, and, and I'm not insinuating that they're going to go out there and just basically not play it. I'm that farthest from the truth because I know Vanny and I know he would get, he would try to throw a whiteboard at someone if that happened. But if let's say the worst happens, right. Which is that they lose five nil, you know, Insigne scores three and, you know, Bernadeschi contributes for two. It's not the end of the world, right? Because they have SKC at the end of the month, you know, at the beginning of the month, they have a very winnable game against San Jose coming up. You know, Houston is absolutely dire. I mean, the, the end of their season is very friendly to them. And I think that's going to be a very big byline here. They've got a lot of opportunities. They have to take them. And that's kind of what I'm looking for over the next couple of weeks is, okay, you know, you have a Colorado team that's going downhill very fast on 917. You know, you have uh, Kansas City on the 4th, which, I mean, they have been absolutely dire. And then San Jose on the 28th, I believe it's 28th. Uh, how do you manage those those games? And, and again, we've talked a lot on this podcast about playing down to your opposition. But if they can manage those games, well, I mean, it's not out of the question that fourth could be in the conversation here. But again, it's the West and it's a bar fight. So they have to get through those 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 moments. I think they can. But again, it's it's a question of how do they keep the intensity that they, they showed in that first half against the Revs over 90 minutes? I mean, there aren't many games left, and I know that asking the Galaxy to win every game and then also every playoff game is a big ask. Um, you know, Toronto and Sporting Kansas City, San Jose, those are not games that I personally see the Galaxy dropping. I know Sporting Kansas City's jumped two spots, and they lost at, at home in Blue Hell and whatever. Um, you know, honestly, as long as the Galaxy can can keep their lead. Um, I know that there was a point where, you know, there's 20 minutes left in the game and yeah, they end up conceding one goal, but 20 minutes is a long time, especially when, like you said, new England kept pounding at them. Um, you know, is this a fourth place team? I mean, we can't forget that Caceres is, is coming next and, um, you know, I'll probably be getting his Jersey next to grand Sears. Let me, uh, let's play a little bit of a hypothetical. I know we're coming close to time, but Let's just say the Galaxy go out tomorrow night, punch Toronto in the face, six points out of this road trip. I mean, realistically, we have to think that they're they're going to be in the playoffs at that point, right? Well, and that we're going to win at home as well against Sporting. I mean, I don't think on your 20th anniversary of your 2002 Cup uh, anniversary that you're gonna that you're gonna drop that game at home. I really, I really don't see that happening. Um, I think that that. I mean, look. The West is always hard. Like I said, Sporting's jumped two spots. And so, I mean, the West is very close. But I think that's why that that match was such a challenge. Um, you know, it's the same. Ugh, I hate LAFC, but all I'm saying is like, look, they went to Austin and they lost. It's just one of those things where it's hard to play in it, you know, against another team. What I'm hoping is that LAFC's plateaued, that they've lost against San Jose, they've lost against Austin, that this is just one big losing streak for them. Um which, you know, there's nothing we can do about where the table sits in the regular season, but I think it bodes well for the playoffs. I mean, I I think this, if they can get a point tomorrow, uh, again, that's a very big if, uh, or even three points tomorrow, which is an even bigger if, then the game that I look at that is probably a drop point game is probably Nashville away because Nashville's just so solid and they're just so tough to break down. Yeah, but, Nashville's been also slipping up spots too. That is true. I, I look at the end of their season schedule. They have one tricky game outside of the Nashville game and that's 
Real Salt Lake, and that's at home. They've been good at home this year. So, I, I look. I, I mean, tomorrow night's going to be. I think if you're a Galaxy fan listening to this, I wouldn't look so much at tomorrow night being a season-defining. This is the be-all, end-all game. If they get a point, fantastic. If they get three points, go absolutely hog wild. If they don't get any points, it's okay. I think that's kind of my final conclusion on 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 all of this right now. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, I don't really think much of Toronto just because Vanny is going to be, I think, going hard against them. I think he, I think he, yeah. I don't see the Galaxy losing this, and we don't do predictions on the show, but I'm just saying. That's, that's my two cents. So I think Galaxy get uh, six points more by the time you hear from us again. I I, I hope you're right. Um, I, I have a very different <laughs> uh, review of, of Toronto. I think the, the two Italian signings they made are uh, have been incredibly good. And I think the Galaxy are going to really struggle to deal with them. And then hopefully, I mean, hopefully they can find something. But I, I just look at Insigne and, and Bernadeschi and it's, it's going to be difficult. But uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's fair. I mean, it's always a difficult game, especially when you're playing away. Yeah, but I, I I read an article today, and I think I think Vanny's got a little bit of uh, gunpowder because he feels pretty hard done by what happened in Toronto uh, with him leaving that job. So uh, hopefully he can uh, he can raise some uh, revenge anger, and we can get this thing uh, over the line. All right, so stay tuned. Thanks again. Like, subscribe, follow if you don't already. Uh, tell your friends, and uh, please get issue three if you haven't already. Talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon.